Moses Moody, your team's going into the All-Star break with a win. You're one game above 500. There's still hope in the season. How does it feel? Uh, I mean, it sucks. Yeah, I, I don't blame you, kid. Yeah, you, you you got a DNP, uh, you know, and your 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 classmate from 2021, Kaminga, third straight game he doesn't finish. Kid only plays 24 minutes, and there is a very good reason why the Golden State Warriors are having these late game collapses. Why their defense is complete crap. Ryan Leong of of AP Sports, he's going to join me next. We're going to break down a game that didn't feel like a win. That, that was not a feel good game. It was for three quarters but not the fourth. We're going to break it all down next. This is Locked On Warriors. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube where all our live shows are exclusive. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You can follow Ryan Leong. He's with AP Sports. He's at nearly every barrier sports game, interviewing the coaches, the athletes. His voice is often behind the scenes. You hear him. You don't see him as much as you should, but you can follow him on Twitter at Ryan Leong. You can follow me on threads at Dog Wild, where the program also is, at Locked On Warriors. Ryan, great to see you, man. And your immediate reaction to the Warriors nearly blowing another huge lead. They led this by 19 at its apex. They, I believe, entered the fourth quarter with an 18-point lead, and the Jazz could have easily stolen that game. That was I, I, that just was not a feel-good result, in my opinion. We're going to break it all down, but how are you doing, and what was your reaction to the Warriors hanging on 140-137. First of all, Cyrus, thanks for having me on. And uh, yeah, I'm doing well. And I'm about to tell you, after watching that finish, I needed to guzzle some like Alka-Seltzer, you know, like <laughs> instead of like having a couple tablets. I mean, I, I might have just thrown in the whole box. It was that crazy. Mm-hmm. Continue on, man. That's your only reaction? Like, like no analysis? No, no, uh, no, well, no, yeah, we'll get into it. I mean, like, I mean, it, it, but like you said, though, it's it's been kind of like a carbon copy of all these games. I mean. You got a 19-point lead. You can't hold on to that. I was at the game last night against the Clippers. They had a 15-point lead in that one. I mean, I don't know what the Warriors are doing, but they're doing a real good job of just whizzing leads away. I mean, they've just not played well at all. They play with no sense of uh, – I mean, they play with urgency, but not in a not in a focused way. They play more like, oh, crap, what do we do? Kind of urgency. Absolutely. So that doesn't um, help at all when you're doing stuff like that. No, it doesn't. And it, it was uh, – I'm going to play this sound by right now. Brandon Pajemski was with – uh, NBC Sports Bay Area for their post-game interview. And he didn't sound like someone who who was happy following a win. Um, he, he's, he's, he's very uh, morose here. He's very uh, uh, unexcited, very pragmatic. I like this kid a lot, and I liked him even more after seeing this interview. Here real quick is Brandon Pajemski, his reaction. And I believe in this soundbite, they ask him why he thinks the defense has been struggling so much. Here's Pajemski. A lot of talk has been made about comparing your game to Draymond, and they say you're a mini Draymond because of the way you fill up the stat sheet here. 13, 8, and 6 tonight. You're going into the All-Star break on a roll, but I want to throw this stat at you, Pods, and maybe you can relate to Draymond Green. The Warriors all-time when Draymond hits two or more threes in a game, and it's my favorite stat, 131-28 lifetime. So tell Draymond, let them babies fly from deep. 
Yeah, I tell him every game. Uh, he's like, they're going to disrespect you and not guard you. Just let it fly. And, you know, even if he shoots three for six, three for seven, we'll, we'll take those percentages all day because, um, you know, those are crucial buckets. And, you know, when they start playing up on him, then Steph and Clay get open and then Jonathan and Andrew follow the help. And, you know, me and Gary just clean up the dirty work. So, um, you know, uh, I just tell him let it fly every, every game. This is the uh, this is the soundbite that I wanted to uh, that I wanted to share instead. I apologize for that. Here is uh, Pajemski disappointed with the Warriors' late game efforts. Or you thinking there in that last shot with Collis Sexton? Uh, pretty bad. Just everything in the second half is really bad, and uh, we figured out a way to get it done. I guess um, definitely doesn't feel like we won, but um, it'll go in the win column for sure. Look again, that doesn't sound like someone who's coming off a victory. Uh, I love the reaction. I love that. That is being living in reality, man, that you're a team that, yes, you won. You're going into the all-star break, a game above 500, but you're not looking like a team that's a title contender. You're not looking like a team that people across the nation uh, and locally are taking seriously in terms of the big picture. Um, and, and I agree with them. And, and before I share my opinion, I, I, there's something that really stuck out to me in this game in terms of why the team is struggling uh, you know, we also got to talk about Clay Thompson, obviously coming off the bench for the first time um, in 12 years. That was a decision I loved. I felt great at the start of this game, and I felt like my emotions just as the game went along just was slowly going down, slowly going down in the fourth quarter. It just went on a precipitous uh, plummet, and, and it just ended up not feeling good, man. But uh, what, in your opinion, what specifically do you think is going on with the Warriors, resulting in them giving up 137 points tonight? And these late game collapses is happening way too often. I have a damn good idea why, but what's your opinion on it? All I can think of really, I know maybe it sounds too simple to say this, but I, I think there's a simple lack of focus. I really don't know if these guys are just all on the same page. You see the look of disgust on Pajemski's face. I mean, yes. he, he did not hide it whatsoever. And I'm kind of surprised because, uh, although I will say this, I'm noticing more with athletes that I talk to now, they don't really have a very good poker face. If they're not happy with something, they'll let you know. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I really don't know where this team is headed because, I mean, this would have been a disaster if they lost this game just because the way they lost yesterday's game was bad enough against the Clippers. And if they would have gone back to back and dropped this one after having just a phenomenal performance by, I mean, Clay Thompson went into the fountain of youth for this game. I mean, he really yeah. did. I mean, Clay is one of those guys, and you know this well, Cyrus, when he's shooting well, the guy can't miss. And of course, when he's not shooting well, he can't make anything. So uh, for him to, have a game where he made 13 of 22 from the field, 7 of 13 from deep. I mean, Clay looked like the like he just like I said, he just couldn't miss. I mean, every time he he shot the ball, the ball out of his hand, you knew it was gonna hit the, go go in the rim, go go, go in the basket. You know, I mean, he absolutely. Just like, and I, I had I hadn't seen good splashes of him like that in several years. You know, this is the third game in a row uh, where Jonathan Kaminga did not finish the game. Uh, it didn't seem like a big big deal two games ago when they were also in Utah because Kenny Atkinson. His strategy in terms of rotations was giving everyone minutes. It was incredibly balanced. Uh, you know, Kaminga had 27 minutes in that game. And so, you know, it was it didn't seem like a big deal. Um, he didn't finish in the Clippers game. That really stuck out to me. I know it was at the very end, but that's not a good message. It's certainly not a confidence-building message to send to a young 21-year-old who has cemented himself as the second-best player on this team. And when I say second-best, I'm putting the whole package together. Athleticism defense, efficiency uh, in terms of scoring on offense. Even his three-point shooting has improved. He's not turning the ball over often. I know he had a, a, a bad turnover 
late in tonight's game, but everyone was having ugly turnovers in this game. He had two total uh, finishes the game tonight on with 13 points on five of six shooting. That is efficient, yet he gets pulled at the end of the game and he gets replaced with Brandon Pajemski, a player who uh, is four to five inches shorter, who's smaller. And I, you know, I don't get those kinds of decisions. But Ryan, ultimately, to me, what it's coming down to here is the reason why this team is flailing in the second half and late games is because in the first half, Kerr is going with the strategy of staggering uh, uh, Clay Thompson and Wiggins. You're not seeing those two players on the floor together. I started noticing and highlighting this on this program about a month, month and a half ago that I don't think a recipe for success with this Warriors team is playing those two together on the floor. It's got to be either or. I can live with Wiggins playing. I can live with Clay playing. I think a lot of it depends on matchups and the opponent. But to have both of them on the floor together, that's two-fifths of your lineup that oftentimes is flailing defensively. I know people, a lot of people out there think Wiggins has recaptured the magic. Um, but, you know, I don't see it. And, and, and this is where I disagree with a lot of people. I think his defense, you could say it's good. It's not great. And, and Wiggins had an awful, costly foul at about the 135 mark of this game in the fourth quarter um, where he committed that foul that, that, that brought Utah, I think, to within two or three. And, and it, the, the point is, it's not working when those two play together on the floor. Yet, Kerr goes to this same tired, has-been, past-their-prime uh, lineup where he still is relying on that championship foursome. The only player he's not putting out there anymore is Kevon Looney. But it's it's at, this, at the end of games, you just can't help himself. It's got to be Steph. It's got to be Clay. It's got to be Wiggins. And it's got to be Dre. Steph and Dre, obviously, you live with. Those two are still in their prime. Steph is still at the peak of his powers. Draymond's damn close enough where you absolutely play him. He's a, he's the he is the leader of this team much more than Steve Kerr. But if it's Wiggins and Clay. In my humble opinion, and I'm going to bring up their stats for duos in terms of net rating on how this team does when those two play together, it's not working. And the biggest part of it that doesn't work is defensively. You, I see it time and time and again. The, every time uh, those two are on the floor together, especially when you have that whole lineup with Steph and Draymond, all other teams are doing is attacking either Steph or Clay, and they're not afraid to attack Wiggins if that's what it comes down to. And then on the other side of the ball, Clay had a great game tonight. But offensively, late in the game, those two together can also be a massive liability. I, I mean, I don't know what this team would be doing if Wiggins hadn't rediscovered his three-point shot. I'm really stoked that happened. But to me, that's it is largely what this is coming down to. As Steve Kerr continues playing his favorites, I, I don't understand Kaminga not finishing games. And he only had 24 minutes tonight. I don't understand Moses Moody not getting a run at all. Moody's already a better player than Wiggins, in my humble opinion. He just needs reps at this point to really show himself. But he is a he's he's fantastically he is fantastic defensively, and he's got that seven one wingspan, which causes a lot of problems in terms of closing passing lanes for opposing offenses. He's a smart player. He's a great player. I don't get it. That is my explanation for why this team is squandering so many leads in the second half and why defensively they're having a hard time uh, 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 getting stops. Your reaction to my little rant right there, Ryan? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm as baffled as you are. I mean, I can understand M Moses Moody not getting as many minutes as an Andrew Wiggins, but he got no minutes. I mean, he's not playing at all. I mean, what's yeah. this guy doing? 
to like basically piss off the coach so badly. I mean, did he pee in his Cheerios or something like that? I mean, right? I mean, or his cornflakes? I mean, why would he? Why would he get zero playing time? I don't understand that at all. I, I mean, don't understand it either. I mean, again, I, I, I understand. Either. I understand him being a bench player. I get that, but the the kind of spark he can provide for him to be a DNP coach's decision and 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 him being frequently a DNP coach's decision it really does boggle me. I don't I don't have an answer for you there. And I've asked I've asked Kerr this numerous times, right? And Kerr constantly just gives me the Teflon answer of saying, "Well, when the game situation dictates it, I'll play him." Is basically what he says. And that's and again, you, you you would never hear him say something like that when it comes to Stephen Curry or Draymond Green. Those players will finish no matter what. And then you have ignoramuses like this guy Felix Cullen right here. And there's a lot of people who buy into this crap, this propaganda that that uh, Jonathan Kaminga has had bad games the last two that's games. Ignorant. Like how has he had a bad game? Two turnovers total. Yeah. He was five of six from the field. How is he having bad games? How is Andrew Wiggins outplaying? Jonathan Kaminga, why did Brandon Pajemski deserve to, to to stay in the game? Do we need to bring up stats? Is it just your 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 clear misinterpretation of what you're seeing on the court? Felix, do better, man. That is just a, a dumb take. And for anyone else who feels that same way, it's equally ignorant, man. Jonathan Kaminga is the only reason this team is even in the picture right now. If this team doesn't have Kaminga, they are a lottery team, man. Plain and simple. They're an old has-been team. And for people out there who think I'm crazy saying Moody's better than Wiggins, agree to disagree. All I can tell you is this. For two years, I was clamoring for, for Jonathan Kaminga to play. The man finally is forced to play because of injuries and suspensions, and he delivers. And Moses Moody is a damn good player. He just needs reps. He just needs a run. Andrew Wiggins, before the championship season, was counted out by everyone. He had that one good year, more power to him, and I still think he's serviceable. But I just don't think him and Clay can be on that court together. You're, you're creating way too many holes and liabilities when it's either when both of those players are on the on the court together. I don't have a problem with Wiggins playing. I have a problem when it's Wiggins and Clay. Now you're you're creating. A, now you have a very old, slow lineup. Two fifths of your lineup offensively is highly inconsistent. Those two players are not putting a string of games together, man. Um, so that's my problem, dude. And and the results are showing it. They're one game of a 500. They gave up 137 points tonight to the Utah Jazz. We all saw what happened to the to the LA Clippers. It is just ridiculous. Anyways, um, we're, we got to talk about uh, Clay Thompson though coming off the bench because that was a decision I loved. I, I I don't know how you felt about that. I was a huge fan. And Ryan, I'd love to get your feedback on that after we give some love first to our first sponsor of the evening. And Ryan, you're going to be involved in this. Uh, this is an interactive sponsor, so why don't we get to it? And first up tonight is eBay Motors. And Ryan, I don't know if you're aware of this, but the number one show on our network, Locked On, in terms of measurables, in terms of downloads and clicks and so forth, is Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd. Uh, he's got an entertaining program, and partnering up with eBay Motors He's bringing us the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft, scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Josh has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. And Ryan, I'm going to list five players to you, uh, and I'm going to have you pick which one of these players you want to learn more about based on the analysis of Josh Lloyd, all right? So these are the five players. 
Um, I already read off Ozer Thompson on yesterday's show, so he's not going to be included. So it's either going to be Marvin Bagley the third, Taylor Hendricks, who I think did he play tonight? I don't know, but uh, Cody Martin and Benedict Matherin. Which player would you like to learn more about uh, from Josh Lloyd, our Locked On Fantasy Basketball host? Well, the name that that's, that that rang out to me that I've heard before is Bagley, so I'd like to know more about him. Marvin Bagley, who gets compared a lot to James Wiseman, two various, I believe they were both number two picks. They both were briefly playing on the Pistons together. Uh, Bagley is Washington's likely starting center after Daniel Gaffer trade and is worth grabbing for fantasy leagues. Do you play uh, fantasy basketball, Ryan? I do not. I uh, I mean, I know about it. I mean, I, I used to work for years for a, a wire service called Sports Ticker, and I've done some fantasy football, but and again, I'm not saying people shouldn't do it. I think it's great. It's just that it takes a lot of time, a lot of dedication, uh-huh. and you got to have pretty thick skin because I I hated losing in fantasy football. I, I lost a lot of weeks by just a small margin because either I benched a guy or another player had a crappy game who was my star player, and the other team had a guy who did well. So I just said, you know what? Screw it. I had enough of this, but that's just my <laughs> take on it. I definitely think people should play it because it is a lot of fun, and it's a great way to learn sports. If you want to learn more about whether it's basketball Football, baseball, even hockey. Like oh, I mean, so, Ryan, I don't know about you, but I've been a sports nerd since I was a kid. And I always remember in college, one of the many things I learned in college from one of my my buddies was you're, you're, you will not truly learn sports and you will not truly ever be an expert on sports unless you gamble on it. Because you're suddenly focusing on every nuance and detail like you never would otherwise if you got a stake in that game personally. And that also applies to fantasy if you got money riding on it. So I'm totally with you on that. Um, and Josh Lloyd from Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to help you win with your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Uh, what kind of ride do you have, Ryan? What are you driving? In the city? Actually, I did have a 2020 Honda Civic, but I didn't need to use it as much anymore. So we have one car in the household so i just basically drive that to 2015 honda civic all honda right man. Are great cars man I, I, I they may not be sexy cars but they're reliable they have good gas mileage and they're comfortable and you know hey that's all i need 100 agree with everything you said there but brake kits led headlights roof rack bumpers whatever your baby needs including a honda civic ebay motors has it and with ebay guaranteed fit it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time or your money back plus at these prices you're burning burning rubber not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Dawn has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube, and now it's also available on Amazon Fire TV and the free Fire TV channels app. Locked on Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Find Locked On Sports Today now available on the free Fire TV channels app and ryan leong is free and available on twitter you can follow him there at his name it's super easy at ryan leong clay thompson coming off the bench for the first time in 12 years i, I forgot what the stat was what is it a hundred was it a first time in 767 games do you remember what the exact I didn't see the stat exactly but I'll, I'll take your word for it 
<laughs> but I, I do know for a fact it was 12 years. Um, and I look, for starters, we've been advocating on this show for probably close to a year that the team should at least explore the idea of bringing Clay Thompson off the bench. Greg Popovich infamously said during this season's media day for the San Antonio Spurs. Manu Ginobili can come off the bench. Anybody can, and I don't want to hear it. Absolutely. How can you argue with that? Um, so Steve Kerr finally got the guts to do it. Clay Thompson comes off the bench. Uh, this immediately follows um, his mental mistake, his faux pas of, of intentionally fouling in that Clippers game when the team had a three-point lead. There was 39 seconds left. That extended the Clippers lead to five, and the rest is history. He comes off the bench, and he looked like his old self, at least offensively. Uh, his stat line on the night played 28 minutes, was 13 of 22 from the field, 7 of 13 from the field. I'm sorry, 7 of 13 from deep, 35 points on the night for Clay Thompson. And he, he did the halftime interview with the local TV crew. He looked giddy. Uh, he, he looked like he's accepting this new role. I don't know if this was a one-off because – of the back-to-back. I don't know if this is something that's going to be on a more permanent basis, um, but I'll say this, man. When you're bringing Clay Thompson off the bench instead of him starting, he's suddenly facing inferior competition, right? Now you're dealing with the backups on the other team when you're starting the game, and the defense is just not going to be the same. You're going to have a lot more open looks. Those shots are going to fall a lot more frequently, and not just that, but by doing so, by starting off the game more efficiently and effectively, you're building momentum. So later in the game, when the competition is stiffer, you're feeling good about your shot. I absolutely love the move. I hope it's permanent. And he was on a heater, man. He looked damn good tonight. What are your thoughts about Clay Thompson coming off the bench? No, like I said, he definitely found the fountain of youth, I think, tonight by, by coming off the bench. And I looked at, looked at that stats. So it was 727 games. Thank you. That he had started, yeah. So, Thank you. Yep, yep, yep. I always try to find the, the facts for you. Um <laughs> No, it was good. It was a smart move. I, I hope he does take to this role, or at least maybe he becomes a part-time bench player or part-time guy that coming off the bench. Yeah. Because they do need a spark like that. I mean, look, Chris Paul was doing it, right, until he got hurt. So at some point, you're going to have to accept a change in your role. Here's a good example. Remember Andre Godala, right? When he got to yeah. the Warriors, he became this great sixth man. And he was and he, and he filled a great role for the Warriors, even though he had been a starter his whole career. So maybe this will be Clay's, uh, you know, turning point of his career because – you know, he's, he's not getting any younger, as we know. His injuries have definitely caught up with him. But he, he showed tonight in the right situation that he still got it, and he scores a season-high 35 points. And he looked like the, 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 the clay of old. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, again, I love the move. We'll see if it's permanent. But uh, I absolutely support the decision. And let's hope we, we see more of the same. Um, and, again, I'm not opposed to him closing either. It's just, look, I, I, do, I feel very firmly about this. I'm confident in saying this. The Warriors are not going to be a legit team in terms of contending for a title if you're counting on Wiggins and Clay at the end of games. It's got to be one or the other. There's just too much of a of a hole there on both sides of the ball uh, if you do otherwise. And I think that's a huge reason why these leads are getting blown is because you're not seeing them playing together that often in the first half. You're also seeing early in games some of the younger players playing. And that's what we're going to talk about when we come back. I'm starting to feel bad for Jonathan Kaminga, man. And I'm feeling really bad about Moses Moody. Ryan, I'd love to get your thoughts on those two players who I think are just getting an absolute rim job, man. I don't. I, I think they're. It's a disservice the way they're being treated, and we're going to break down uh, your thoughts on it and and maybe explore why this is happening after we give our love to the next sponsor for this evening, and that is Robin Hood 
retirement. Did you know that even if you have a 401k for retirement, you can still have an IRA? Ryan, did you know that? I did not. Robin, Robinhood has the only IRA that gives you a 3% boost on every dollar you contribute when you subscribe to Robinhood Gold. But get this, now through April 30th, Robinhood is even boosting every single dollar you transfer in from other retirement accounts with a 3% match. That right, That's right. No cap on the 3% match. Robinhood Gold Gets you the most for your retirement thanks to their IRA with a 3% match. This offer is good through April 30th. Get started at Robinhood.com slash boost. Subscription fees apply. And now for some legal information. Claims as of quarter one 2024 validated by Radius Global Market Research. Investing involves risks including loss, limitations apply to IRAs and 401ks. 3% match requires Robinhood. Gold for one year from the date of first 3% match must keep Robinhood IRA for five years. The 3% matching on transfers is subject to specific terms and conditions. Robinhood IRA is available to U.S. customers in good standing. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC is a registered broker dealer. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. One final segment of Locked On Warriors. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. For the everydayers, I got Rick Buecher joining the show tomorrow. Super stoked about that. I would love to get his perspective on just how this season's going. I always value his opinion. Uh, Ryan, how he, Rick's a connected dude, right? You see him often when you're at Warriors games, correct? What are your, what are your thoughts on my guest tomorrow? Oh, for you said it was a Buker's your guest. You said yes, sir. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I still know his original nickname when he was back doing uh, ESPN. Uh, he and I would work on ESPN Radio together, and so Todd Wright would call Rick Buker the Association Vanguard. So when you see him tomorrow, and you have him on, you need to introduce him as the Association Vanguard. Can you remember? I will that? be insulting him. That uh, no. he will be insulted. Okay. No, 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 no. He'll know. He'll, he'll know. If you say that, that's going old school. <laughs> Association <laughs> Vanguard. Okay. He's joining the show tomorrow, and with the All-Star break here, uh, it's going to be a, a guest-laden program. Uh, Mark Jones of ESPN is going to join the program. I got this musician, Valley, coming on the show, uh, and I'm going to dedicate one episode as well to Jonathan Kaminga, um, just because a lot of people don't know his background. His, his life is interesting. It's fascinating. Um, he's, he's a good dude, but he's also a very grounded guy. Um, who's incredibly humble. He did not have a life of privilege leading up to now. With that said, his dad was a former professional basketball player. Um, he, dude, his story is fascinating. And I'm going to dedicate an episode to that so everyone is much more familiar with Jonathan Kaminga, a player who I also hope to have on the show this summer uh, during the offseason. But that's the upcoming lineup for Locked On Warriors. But Ryan, man, this is the third game in a row Kaminga has not finished. And his classmate from 2021... Moses Moody gets a DNP, another young player on this roster. Trace Jackson Davis, he got a DNP in the Clippers game. He plays a whopping 7 minutes and 48 seconds. Talking about another reason why this defense flails often is Kerr not using uh, Trace Jr. This is someone who can play D, who brings size. He's one of the only rim protectors on this team. And we see him for 7 minutes and change. What, what are your thoughts on the usage of the Warriors young talented players who 
I would not doubt for a moment, especially with Kaminga and Moody, that they are frustrated, man. What are your thoughts? Oh, they're definitely frustrated. But I'll say, first of all, I mean, Kaminga is definitely a guy who I don't know if I, if I would use the word humble. I'll, I'll never forget when he got drafted. He said that one day he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Well, you can be humble and still be confident, right? I don't know I humble, though, but I, I will say this. He's definitely confident. So, and, I, and, and given the way he's been playing lately, hey – Maybe he, maybe that's actually not a bad premonition that he might eventually end up in, in the Naismith Hall. But nonetheless, he's a talented player who should be getting more minutes. And I think people forget he was the number seven pick mm. in the NBA draft. And you know what Moses Moody was, right? He was the number 14, 14 pick. Yep. That's a high pick. You know, for a guy who's that high of a pick, getting a lot of bench time, it's really sad. I mean, I mean well, and it's not just that. And sorry to interrupt you, Ryan, real fast, but it's not just that. These two, first of all, Kaminga was projected by some people to be the number one pick in that draft. And it ended up being Kate Cunningham. But he was almost universally expected to be a top five pick. He falls to seven. That's the whole reason why the, the Warriors drafted him. He was not part of the plan. The, I'm sure you know this. I don't know if the audience knows this. The Warriors really wanted Josh Giddy in that draft. And they were a little surprised that he got picked with number six. And then Kaminga, because of that, falls to them. Um, so so Josh Giddy was their boy. And you can see Steve Kerr, he would be a perfect fit for Kerr. And then with the number 14 pick, the Warriors wanted Chris Duarte, who got picked just uh, uh, one pick earlier as well uh, by the Indiana Pacers. Mm -hmm. But that is that was one of the deepest drafts in NBA history. Just to just to add, it, it, and, it's, and it, it is playing out like that. So I'm with you, man. I, I'm sorry to interrupt you. But yeah, Moses Moody was another lottery pick in one of the deepest drafts ever, and he's getting DNPs. And uh, continue yeah. on. Thank you, sir. I mean, yeah, I don't understand. I really, I, I mean, again, it becomes a dilemma. I mean, an enigma, rather. As to why he's not getting playing time, and and I, and I've done for you as, as often as I can. I keep asking why isn't Moses Moody playing more often? And again, Kerr just tells me all the time, "Hey, when the game situation calls for it, I'll give, I'll put him in there." And I'm like, "What am I? What, what am I supposed to do after that? Right? I I have nothing else. I have no further follow up to, that, I, that I can provide that's going to make it. Oh, you're, yeah, you're, you're. I mean, that's all you can do is ask. I've asked them before. Um, he always has witty answers, man. I always hear either the answers I get mostly from Kerr is either uh, matchups, right? That's one of his excuses. Um, or it didn't feel right. I've heard that excuse. Like he's he's got answers, man, for almost anything you will throw at him. He's a media savant. What about Trace Jackson Davis? Do what are your feelings on him? Yeah, you know what? Uh, I think same thing there as well. I mean, he, he's a guy that you know he, he played, of course, collegiately at Indiana, so he's got a good pedigree. I don't know. I, I I really have no understanding why he only played, you know, not even eight minutes tonight, and then um, yeah, the night before he's a DNP. So gee, I mean. I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm really kind of surprised what Kerr is doing here because he's becoming a guy. I mean, I should have to go back to look at his old box scores when he first became the Warriors coach, but he's definitely becoming the head coach now that is just playing the veterans. Except for Pajemski. That's Except the anomaly, Pajemski. Right? Right. right? And and another young player we're seeing a lot of, and again, this just plays into what Kerr loves, right? He loves ball handlers. If for some reason, it just makes him feel comfortable uh, in terms of the lineup out there. And I'm referring to Lester Quinones, who I, I love this kid. I do think he's incredibly talented. Led the team tonight in that rating. Do I have that correct? Yeah, he did. Uh, Lester Quinones was uh, was a plus 10 tonight in that rating. Uh, finished the game with six points. Um, did have two trips to the free throw line. Added four assists. But, it, I mean, Quinones is what, 6'3", six, 6'4", six, six, probably? I, you know, th this is the sacrifice you're making with Kerr's infatuation with ball handlers. You're sacrificing size. You're sacrificing length. And, and you know, I love Pajemski, man. But, I, you know, 33 minutes, can't we just bring that down to 28 and have Moody fit in for five minutes, right? I mean, is it really, in your opinion, is it really that challenging to find minutes for Moody and other players? What do you think, man? 
But it is it is right now. I mean, for what we're saying, I mean, you know, I, the, ever since you've had me on as a guest on your on your podcast, I mean, the more times I've come on, the more it just keeps getting more and more obvious that these guys just aren't seeing the court. And again, I don't I don't know what it is. And again, I, I'll say it again. Did, did Moses like pissing his pissing his cornflakes or something? I mean, I, 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 just, I don't know, man. I just it's, can't it's figure out why. You know that he'd be in the situation where he's in the doghouse because basically the way I see it, the only way you end up sitting on the bench this long is if you're in the doghouse and you're doing something that the coach doesn't like. Yeah, and I think Moses Moody eloquently put it himself when he was once asked about uh, being known for the stay ready type of guy. Oh, I mean, it sucks. Yeah, and he literally said that. That, I I keep playing that soundbite because he literally (laughs) said that in regards to the lack of playing time, the inconsistency. Um, and, and again, he complained this year. I mean, everyone focused on Jonathan Kaminga publicly uh, being pissed at Kerr for for the lack of minutes. But Moody was say, was also complaining. Yeah. I mean, these two are unhappy. You know, we, we'll finish up the show with this. We only got about a minute and a half here. But Steve Kerr said publicly he wants to stay beyond this season. Uh, Joe Lacob did an interview, I believe, that came out today with Tim Kawakami where uh, he subtly, he didn't make a firm commitment, but he said the possibility of Kerr beyond this season does exist. I I do not want that. I I want fresh blood. I want a change of direction. He was the right man for the for the job ten years ago. I, with these young players and and the fact that this team has to evolve, I don't see him being the right person moving forward. He reacts way too slow uh, to to make proper changes. Your thoughts on Steve Kerr, man, beyond this season? Do you think he stays? Do you want him to stay? What are your thoughts? I guess it's going to have to kind of depend on where the Warriors end up this season. Where how far they go in the playoffs? Yeah. It's going to kind of go based on that. I mean. Back when he even first started, he had so severe back problems. Remember, and Luke Walton was filling in for yeah. him. Well, I yeah. Well, wonder how how's his back doing now? Maybe he's still having issues with that because anytime you're in pain, I mean, seriously, if you're in pain, maybe it affects your focus and your and your thought process on things, you know. And 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 I'm and I'm sure you know he likes being the head coach, but there's so much pressure involved in that job. I mean. You know, I, I'm certainly seeing more gray in his hair for sure. Oh yeah, isn't that crazy? He's yeah, the blonde is gone. He's he's all he's a gray fox now, no doubt. Yeah. Um, Ryan, thank you so much as always. I'm gonna invite you on the show as much as possible. It's all about your availability. Um, I, I agree with you, man. I mean, look, Kerr has earned the grace to play out this season, but if it goes beyond this, I'm not feeling good about it. I'll leave it at that, folks. Thank you so much, Ryan. Thank you. Any final thoughts? Anything you want to promote before we go? Yeah. Well, yeah. My my, my podcast, which we'll have you on because we're done talking about the 49ers, but BayAreaSportsWrap.com, and we have a YouTube channel. We've been doing some podcasts. We've done a few. We did one with Kate Rooney from Cron Four, and then Vern Glenn, the longtime uh, sports anchor. He's with the KPIX, and we just interviewed Lorenzo Neal, who is often. Uh, Vern Glenn's uh, analyst on um, the fifth quarter, which is a KPIX uh, show after football games. And so Cyrus, we're, we're, we'll have you on for sure too, because we're, we're going to start talking Warriors because now this is the hot time of the sports season where it's all about <laughs> all pretty in. much the Warriors leading into spring training for baseball. I love it. Thank you, everyone. Rick Buecher's on the show tomorrow. The Warriors did win, so we got to feel good about that. Bye-bye. Love you, man. That was fantastic. That was a great